traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. And how'd you sell it? Um, Through my website and then also just simply through Instagram DMs. So I had a lot of clients that were a lot of customers that were local. And so I would do local pickups and drop offs. And then I would also ship things. All right. So for people who weren't close enough to get it or maybe you didn't have time to do that delivery. Yeah. For those people, you shipped it out. Correct. All right. And did that do pretty good? You made some money? Yes, it did. That's actually how I was able to start Flick Factory. So I took some of the money from that business, some of the profit from that business, and put it into Flick Factory. Right. And how'd your, you said you had another business already or yes. another business after that, something like that? Yes. So the business before The Graceful Beauty was Styling Grace. So Styling Grace is how I started The Graceful Beauty, and The Graceful Beauty is how I started Flick Factory. Leveling up? Yes. Okay, that's smart. So, Are you looking to buy or sell your home but not quite sure if now is the right time? Well, contact Morgan & Co. and allow them to help you make that decision. Morgan & Co. is a leading, top-producing company in Central Virginia. Contact Morgan & Co. today at 804-874-6806 or anytime, day or night, at www.morganandcorealty.com. Now back to the episode. Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast, where I find regular people doing extraordinary and phenomenal things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Dr. K. Let's find some clues. I have a special guest with me today, Naziah Washington. Hi, y'all. I'm Naziah Washington. I'm also his daughter. Yes, my favorite daughter is uh, my guest for today, and we're going to talk about um, her and her entrepreneurship and the journey that she's had. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm the owner of Flick Factory. Um, Flick Factory is an interactive selfie museum in Richmond, Virginia, the first interactive selfie museum in Richmond, Virginia. All right. Give it to them. <laughs> um, so before you became an entrepreneur, tell me a little bit about your life and how things were. Um. Some people would say a normal teenager, so obviously just doing regular things such as student athlete, um, really focusing on school. I still focus on school a lot, but now it's a little different with Flick Factory included. Um, I got into entrepreneurship with my parents, so with them owning businesses and me helping along and seeing the background within those businesses, I just got to know all of the ins and outs. All right, so that's good that you had somebody to help um, you know, kind of set an example, help nurture that for you. Um, even way back before business, let's not even talk about business. What type of things did you like to do? Oh, so some of my hobbies before business was always um, hair. So I do hair for mainly protective styles, um, such as like box braids, knotless braids, soft locks, things of that sort. Um, I also love cheer and track. So I still do those sports now. And I love hanging out with family. It's like one of the main things that I do. All right. So um, cheerleading, tell me a little bit more about uh, how long have you been cheering? I've been cheering for about, I want to say, six years now. 
So I cheered as I was younger, then took a little break. And now I do all-star cheer at Fame All-Stars. And I'm on a level 16, which is the highest cheer team that you can be on. Okay, all-star cheer. So I know that's different. <laughs> what is it like? So all-star cheer is basically where you're competing at a cheer level. So it's more like um, a higher level of stunts than what you would see in a normal recreation cheer center or a recreation um, or a school cheer center. Okay, so you're talking about like traditional cheer for like a football team or a basketball team, that type of cheer. Yes. So when you see me cheering, you'll probably see more things on like a stage. So um, the D.C. Capitol, the D.C. um, Is it the D.C. Capitol? For what? Um, you're talking about it? That one cheer competition. The, the, the oh, Nationals. Oh, yeah, Nationals. Nationals. Yeah. Which you did in D.C. Yes. at National Harbor. So we travel a lot. And so we go to places such as Orlando, Florida, D.C., Indianapolis. That's an awesome experience. Okay. So, so a normal cheerleading squad would probably just travel within their – Within their city, right? Yeah, Just for whatever county. games within their county. Yeah. But all-star cheer is like you're competing on a higher level against people that may be nationwide, nationwide yeah. even worlds. Yep. So worlds is where you see teams from all over the world come in and compete on different levels. From level one, where you see kids about ages one to two, all the way up to level six, where you see kids that are about... <laughs> when you see kids that are about my age, so 16, the oldest person on my team is 25. Okay, so it's not limited to just high school students. No. All right. So besides cheer, what other type of things did you do growing up? Um, so I did track. So track is my main sport as of right now. I do. I run hurdles and I also run re- relay races. <laughs> And then I do the 100 meter. That's a sport that I focus on the most um, outside of cheer. But other than that, I also do um, modeling. I've done, tried to venture out on a lot of things. We tried soccer. It wasn't really it. But, you know, you got to try everything, figure out what's for you. Okay. And what modeling did you do? Um, So I did freelance modeling where I basically modeled within different companies and different agencies to figure out what I liked most. The main thing that I liked was runway modeling just because I like the more lights, camera, action. All right. And where did you do that at? It was in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville. Where else did you live besides Jacksonville? Besides Jacksonville, I've lived in South Korea. I've lived in Baltimore. I've lived in... Oh, I've lived in Portsmouth, Virginia. I've lived in Norfolk, Virginia. I've lived in a lot of places. Just about anywhere you can name, I've probably lived there or been there. All right. So that's good. What did um, traveling around like that feel like to you growing up? Um, At such a young age, I don't remember a lot of it, which kind of sucks. But I do remember bits and pieces of it. And the things that I do remember were obviously like highlights within my life. So I'm glad that I remember those things. And it definitely gives me like little snippets of things that I remember. So it makes me want to travel back to those places. So like growing up, I definitely see myself going back to South Korea because it would just be a different experience since I'm a different age. Okay, so you would see it differently as a um, as an adult or even an older teen. Exactly. What do you remember from while you was in South Korea? South Korea, the main thing that stood out to me was McDonald's. 
Um, McDonald's here and McDonald's there is so different. I've never seen McDonald's is known to be a fast food restaurant, but there it's like a restaurant restaurant, like a sit down restaurant where people go. They have, I've never seen pasta at McDonald's. <laughs> like it's different. Yeah, so they got a lot of different um, things on their menu. I can remember that from being in Korea. Um, and the McDonald's having, you know, multiple stories, yeah. you know, two, three-story McDonald's and yes. stuff. Oh, oh, another thing I remember huh? is um, children. Like, the way that they travel and the way that they move in South Korea, it's really different. You'll see kids as young as six on a train on their own. Like, it's just the knowledge level that they have there is a little different from what we have here. So I would think that their curriculum is a little different. So um, do you remember why they traveled by themselves? I actually don't. All right. A lot of that is because they do tutoring outside of the school. So when they get out of their normal hours for the school day, then they go to tutoring where they have uh, late night school and things like that. Mm -hmm. So those kids are really dedicated. But from from your memory being that those kids kind of traveled by themselves, and then also your experience with school and kids in America, what was kind of the difference that that stood out to you? Um, definitely the teaching, the teaching styles, I feel like we're different. I feel like back here in America, it's really different the way that they teach and the way that kids interact with each other. In Korea, it was very like homey. It was very close. I feel like the school, since it was a lot of it was more schools, but smaller populations within the schools. So I feel like a lot of people were closer to each other than they were here, which you would finally uh, find in like rural areas within Virginia. But it's really different. All right. Was it was it strange going to school in another country that um, English was not the native language or the dominant language? Definitely. It was kind of like. If they came here, I would look at them differently. So as you can imagine, when I went there, they looked at me differently, kind of like, what language is she speaking? And then you have to remember, I was a younger age, so it was a lot different. Even like yeah. the meal styles. So like Yeah, so the things they eat. Yeah, compared to here. So like, I'll come here and have a chicken sandwich for lunch. I'll go there and have seaweed and some rice for lunch it was good it was definitely good but it was just different it was something to get used to yeah all right those experiences are um they're different but it it helps you to um you know kind of realize that your way isn't the only way yes yeah all right so you, you traveled around you're doing cheer um and even modeling so out of all the things you do, cheer, modeling, and track, mm -hmm. if you had to choose one, which one's your favorite? Mm. Mm. My favorite would probably be track, only because I like the competitiveness within track. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the competitive. If it ain't, it is today. <laughs> the competitiveness within track. Mm -hmm. I feel like since you're um, more individual within track. It just feels like, I don't know, the victory feels different within like cheer because it's a group sport. I mean, track is still, you're still a group. You're still there as a unit and a team, but you're doing races and different field events individually. So you have a different reward at the end. Okay. Did anything that you're doing in sports 
whether it be track or cheer or whatnot, did any of that impact you or, you know, have something to motivate you with business too? Are you, would you say any of that? Um, I would, I would say that it was mainly my coaches within those sports. I feel like my coaches helped me learn the leadership role. So I feel like without going in, like, say I never did sports, I would have probably never learned how to have that leadership role because I would never have anybody else to, I don't know, lead. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's right. So at a young age, sports already gives you an opportunity to, like you said, be a part of a team. Mm -hmm. But then also it gives you drive. It gives you a like willingness to to want to win that competitive edge. Right. Yeah. And that's something that you really need in business is a strong competitive edge. And then the next thing you need is like you're saying is leadership. Mm -hmm. And so at a young age, you really don't have a, a chance to, you know, run a company mm -hmm. until you're you know old enough to maybe get a job, but you could start as young as what, four years old in sports. Yeah. And you can already start understanding what it's like to be a leader. Yes. And then also like the criticism. So when you're in sports, you get a lot of criticism. And I feel like going into business, you have to be able to take that criticism along with you. Definitely. What type of criticisms have you taken in business? Oh, within business, uh, a lot. Being that I'm a lot younger than the average businesswoman or entrepreneur, it's been a lot of things that I had to learn, such as simply how to stay organized within business. Um, keeping up with school, sports, and business, it's been hard, but I have a lot of people here to help me realize that there's a lot of ways that you can stay organized within business to where it's not stressful and it doesn't have to be so hard. And I don't even know, just make it smooth and easy. Give me some of your tips on how you make it smooth and easy. What's um, something that you do? So I have a binder within my store where I keep um, dividers in. And so that's kind of how I keep everything organized, such as things that, uh, like payroll, how to close, how to open, things of that sort. Because you never know. some Everybody has their off days and I can always have a place to look to make sure that I have everything written down. It also gives me a visual because everybody learns differently. Absolutely. It's good to have procedures. Procedures keep you on track and then um, they help your your staff to actually have a guideline and something to follow because yeah. nobody's going to remember everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you have it written down, then helps people to have something to look back to, to reference to. Right? Yeah. All right. Outside of um, your processes, what's something else that helps keep you organized? Um, my momager, <laughs> definitely my momager. She's like, I don't know. I feel like she's always going to remind me to make sure that I I do everything, whether it's to do my homework when I come into the store, whether it's make sure I actually vacuum when I come into the store, like everything from the biggest things to the smallest things. She's going to make sure that I remember to do it um, outside of that. It's my phone. People use their phone on a daily and I was never the person to use my phone to do anything productive per se it was always just for like tiktok and social media but now i actually like use my calendar i use my notes i use my reminders so it helps a lot all right and and what year is this for you are you in school what year is oh, this for you in school? so it's my senior year i'm class of 2022 and yeah it's my 12th grade year all right so um what are you going to do 
when you finish school? What's your plans? So my plan is to pursue uh, Flick Factory along with going to a four-year college. Um, I have been doing some college tours, so I'll be dropping what college I'm going to pretty soon. All right. That's exciting. Can't <laughs> wait to find out. Yeah. Um, I've toured some of the colleges as well, <laughs> but I still don't even know uh, what school it's going to be. So you got a lot of good ones that you've um, you know, toured, and you got several more that you're going to be touring. Yeah. Uh, do you have a plan past college or through college? What does that look like for you? Um, through college, I would like to... Depending on where I go to college and where I settle my life at, I would like to have a flip factory there because I do not plan to stay within the state that I'm in now. But um, definitely pursue flip factory and then have more businesses outside of flip factory. Okay, so a lot of a lot of plans to grow and expand flip factory, but let's get to how flip factory started. So was flip factory your first business? So actually, Flick Factory was my first brick and mortar business, but it was not my first business. Um, my first business started on Instagram, which was a boutique. Well, actually, it was my hair business where I was doing hair. Um, I realized that it was something that I liked to do. I was never really the kid to play with a Barbie or do anything like that, do dress up. I always liked to have a mannequin and a YouTube video. And so that's how I learned how to do hair. And when I realized it was something that I actually liked, I went into doing um, my family member's hair. And then from there, I went into working to a shop. And so I started working in a shop as an assistant. And then I ended up, my momager again, <laughs> helped me end up doing hair outside of a shop on my own. And then I realized that I also like jewelry and accessories and being able to help provide others with the needs that they have. Hold on, we're still on the hair thing. Okay. So you're, you're moving fast. The I want to make sure I understand which one is which. Okay. So you said something started with Instagram. Which one was yeah. that? So they actually both started on Instagram. Um, the first thing that I started on Instagram was hair, which was style and grace. And then the second thing that I started on Instagram was the graceful beauty, which was the accessories business. Okay. So you've never had a regular job. You've just always been an entrepreneur. So my first regular job was working at Dairy Queen, which is, a little um, like down the street from my house, which was where most of the teenagers worked. So I was like, yeah, let me go get a job at Dairy Queen. And it was a good experience. I liked it, but it just wasn't ideal for me. Did you ever forget to do that tip thing that they do? No. <laughs> if you do not flip that, it came out of your check. I was flipping everyone. I was flipping the ones that people was forgetting to flip. Wait, they take it out of your check? Yes, out of your check. That's when I was like, nope, this is not for me. Nope. Every time I go to Dairy Queen, I just be waiting on somebody to forget to do that. I've so seen, I can get a free I've ice seen cream. it. I've seen a lot of well, I didn't know it came it. out of their chip. Yes. So when you got to give away free ice cream, you have to charge the size of whatever they ordered because you have to remake it. And you can't remake yeah. something else for free because you got to right. do supplies. Makes sense. But I guess as an employee, it probably sounded like something that sucked, right? That that's mm -hmm. going to come out of your check. But as an entrepreneur on the other side, how does that make you feel? What does it look oh, like for you it, now? It looks like I would do the same thing. If I had employees <laughs> and you wasn't flipping and you weren't flipping a blizzard. Yes. Yes. Please. Because everything costs. Everything costs. But I would also have it written down in my binder in big, bold letters. Flip that blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> and that process is binder yes, you're talking about? Yes. Okay. 
Hey, I hope you're enjoying the episode. I hate to interrupt, but I had to tell you about a community that I'm a part of. It's called The Morning Meetup. It's where hundreds of entrepreneurs gather every single morning. Look, we share ideas, we motivate each other, we share our successes. It's the perfect environment for you to not only grow as an individual, but as an entrepreneur. It's hosted by my mentor, David Shands. It's every day, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. It's no better way to start your day. Look, we've got a book club. Imagine hundreds of entrepreneurs reading the exact same book on the exact same chapter. You get to discuss that book and share your thoughts. It's very motivating. It empowers you. and You're ready to start your day. You get all of that for only $1. After that, it goes to $79 a month. I have no doubts that you're going to want to stay and be a part of this community. Look, I'm there every single morning, 8 a.m. The only thing we're missing is you. The link is in the description. Go ahead, click the link, try it out, join the community. Look forward to seeing you in the morning. So how'd you get from being an employee? What made you want to change from working at Dairy Queen or being an employee to the next thing that you were doing? So from Dairy Queen, that is when I started my second business on Instagram, which was the Graceful Beauty. And the reason I did that is because I just felt like me personally, I wanted to bring in more income for myself. So outside of Dairy Queen, I wanted to have some more side money, you know, got to get my hair done, got to get my nails done. Fashion Ovi be sending me text messages (laughs) every day. I had to have some money. So I then had Graceful Beauty, which is where I sold accessories and stuff on Instagram and did some pop-up shops and things of that sort. All right. So you started an accessories business. What type of accessories were they? Um, Typical things that females wear. So like bangles, um, scrunchies, necklaces. um, What else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Really anything, like some of the little accessories that you grab when you're at the hair store, really. So when you're at the hair store and you're about to leave out and you see all of those things in the front, I had it so that you can get it quick and easy. And it was all on one platform. And how'd you sell it? Um, Through my website and then also just simply through Instagram DMs. So I had a lot of clients that were a lot of customers that were local. And so I would do local pickups and drop offs. And then I would also ship things. All right. So for people who weren't close enough to get it or maybe you didn't have time to do that delivery for those people, you shipped it out. Correct. All right. And did that do pretty good? You made some money? Yes, it did. That's actually how I was able to start Flick Factory. So I took some of the money from that business, some of the profit from that business and put it into Flick Factory. And how'd your you said you had another business already? Or another business after that, something like that? Yes. So the business before The Graceful Beauty was Styling Grace. So Styling Grace is how I started The Graceful Beauty. And The Graceful Beauty is how I started Flick Factory. Leveling up? Yes. Okay. That's smart. So you you said you took some profits from there. So I guess somebody your age, you know, typically they eat, whether they work or whether they do side jobs or whether they have a business, Usually the focus is to just buy um, what's called doodads, right? Doodads are like, you know, shoes, oh, okay. you know, yeah. people like the J's, right? Mm-hmm. You, got any, you like J's? Yeah. <laughs> so how come you didn't spend your money on that? What made you decide that, hey, I'm going to either save or I'm going to, what would you do? Okay. So don't get it wrong. I definitely did buy the new releases and I definitely <laughs> did get my hair done. 
but it was all with budgeting. So I had to realize that not every, all of my money could go into that if I wanted to still have some more money on the side and also save along the way. All right. So you can't, you can't blow it all. You can't blow it all. Some money has to be invested back into the business. So that fuels yes. the business. Yeah. So I invested money into the business and then into myself. So. All right. So then what was the, what was it like coming up with the next business, which you said was your first brick and mortar? So coming up with Flick Factory took me back to South Korea. So living in South Korea, they had things such as interactive selfie museums. Well, interactive museums, but they weren't selfie museums. And so when I came back to Virginia, I wanted to open something that was interactive, which made it easier to have it open to all ages. And so that's when I came up with the selfie museum. I'm one of the people that if you open my phone and you try to take a picture while I'm not looking, it's going to stop you and say storage is full because <laughs> my storage is always full. But when you come in here, you can delete some of those pictures, take more pictures and then delete those ones and take more and more and more and more. And then now you have lifelong memories. All right. So what um, before we get through, like how you built up to opening Flick Factory and stuff. Tell us a little bit about what Flick Factory is and what it's what your goal for Flick Factory is. OK, so my overall goal for Flick Factory is to open more. So have Flick Factory hit the map, hit the globe and just go worldwide. Um, Flick Factory is an interactive selfie museum for all ages. We do have different prices based on ages. So ages four and under, you can get in for free. Ages 10 and uh, younger, you can get in for $14.99. And then ages 10 and older, it's $24.99. So we try to make it affordable for everybody depending on your age. And then we also have over a dozen rooms for you to take pictures in. So um, each room is curated differently since we do offer all ages. You're not going to see the, um, a four-year-old in the same room that you would see an other person. Okay. So it's good to have something for everybody. I mean, that that really helps. There's not too many things I could think of that's for everybody to come together and have a good time, yeah. whether it's an entire family or even if it's just the young kids want to go out and do something or the teenagers want to go out and do something or even adults want to go out and do something. So Flick Factory pretty much covers it, it all. Gives it to you Gives it to you. <laughs> I like that. So um, when did you open? We opened up May 31st of 2021. Okay. So just about six months, close to six months ago. Yep. All right. How's it been? Business good? It's been good. It's been smooth. Um, definitely doing better than I would have ever imagined. And Better than you ever would imagine? Yep. Do you know kind of what your one-year valuation would be? Um. You took a guess? I'll leave you alone with that. I thought, okay. I thought you knew because you went over it before. You you were going to talk to some investors in California. You went over your whole valuation and everything. Oh, yeah. But it's all right. I understand. It's, it's a lot to deal with. Um, so tell me how you, um, what was the process like for starting and opening your business? How, so did, starting- how did you get the support or whatever it is that you needed to even open the business? Okay. So for starting my business, it really um, started with my parents. So I came to my parents with my idea 
And I kept it to myself for a little while before I came to them with it because honestly, I didn't imagine myself doing it. I couldn't imagine myself doing it. Once I came to my parents with it, I had the support that I needed or that I felt like I needed. And from there, I just kept going. So I came up with a business plan. Um, and with the business plan, you just have pricing, uh, space, and things of that sort. Any licenses that you may need to start the business. Um, and then moving forward from there, uh, my mom is a real estate agent, so she helped me find stores to open up my business. Okay. That's got to be a fun experience to go around and look at different commercial spaces and find out which space uh, you like, what location and everything like that. Um, what, what do you feel like sold you on the location that you picked? Um, the location that I picked definitely sold me based on what it was close to and who it was close to. So I felt like my area, uh, like I said, I am open to all ages. So I wanted to be close to colleges to where it would be easy for college students to reach me. And it would also be close to other things. So other um, areas that other people may come to. So things such as restaurants, because you have families come to restaurants, which attracts them to your business. Awesome. Awesome. What was it like going through a business plan? Was it little nerve wracking? Was it educational for you? What did it feel like doing that? Um, it was a lot of everything. It was nerve wracking because like I said, I couldn't imagine myself doing it. It was educational because like I said, I couldn't imagine myself doing it. So realizing that I could actually do something like that and learning along the way um, taught me a lot of things. And then just like writing an essay, you have a rough draft and then you have a final draft. So I came to my parents with like a rough draft and they helped me put together my final draft. That's pretty good. And then so you got you got your business plan. You got your binder you're talking about with your processes and mm -hmm. things like that. You sound like you're pretty set. And now you're looking at the next level. You're saying you want them all over the place. So that means you need to do what? I need to franchise. To so I am looking to franchise my store. Um, yeah, I'm looking to franchise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you got any any places in mind that you think Flick Factory would do well in? Um, I do have a lot of places in mind. I haven't really discussed it in the public about where I have it in mind, but. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we'll, we'll keep that under wraps. We're trying. <laughs> I'm trying to get the people as many clues to success as possible. So um, just for like a, a quick recap, since we're talking about the clues, right? So what I'm hearing you say is um, traveling and leaving your local area really helped you out in, in being successful. Mm -hmm. Because it, if, if I remember correctly, you were saying it allowed you to see other cultures and how they do things. Yeah, and really be open-minded and just see things from different perspectives. All right. Uh Two, I would say, would be like sports. Yeah. You said sports taught you uh, leadership. Mm -hmm. Sports taught you uh, community and a competitive edge. Mm -hmm. uh, three, if I remember all the clues correctly. Well, one, you kept locked up from me. You won't tell us where you want to <laughs> put your franchises. But um, three, you were talking about uh, fueling your business. Yeah. 
So not spending all the profits and proceeds that you receive from your business, but you want to reinvest that into your business or into your next venture. Correct. Right. All right. So we got three good ones. Let's see what else I can pull out of you. Um, another thing that I would say is, mm, this is hard. It's like the last and final one. You got to say the best for last. The best for last will probably be where I want to open my next store at, but I cannot tell you guys that. So I would say just going for it. Honestly, you have to take risk. You have to go for it. You can't be scared. Um, fear will definitely hold you back. And so I just say have faith and trust and just go for it. As long as you follow the steps and the success and the clues that he's giving you, I feel like you'll make it. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I got a few more questions about Flick Factory, though. Okay. So what type of things do you do at Flick Factory and what type of things do you offer? Okay, so we um, offer things like different private events. So you can rent out our space to have birthday parties, corporate events, team bonding events. We recently had a school field trip, um, things of that sort. Um, We also hold different events based on holidays that may be coming up. So we will be having a Halloween event coming soon. Um, We had a paint and sip, which was partnered with Aaliyah the DJ and... Well, oh yeah, and Chris Jiggets, and then um, what other events have we had? We've had a lot of events. If you're updated on our social media page, you definitely know about. I'll tag the social media below for everybody to be able to check out uh, Naziah's business and uh, find out more. If you're not in the local area, you can still follow him on social media and definitely check out the website. And of course, I know Naziah would love for you to travel to RVA yes. and. Uh, you know, take some selfies and have yes. a good time at Flick Factory. Come check us out. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming, having a conversation with me and thank you. giving as many clues as possible. And uh, we'll check y'all out next time for more clues on Success Leaves Clues podcast. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.